Welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner was that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season three, we're talking all about travel jobs. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Travel Possibilities podcast. I am so excited to bring this episode to you today. We are talking about seasonal work. So that can entail going to a destination for a season, working, potentially going to a different destination for the following season or working this season, saving up that money, and then taking the off season to go traveling elsewhere. And so I want to introduce you to my guest today, Candice. We're particularly talking about her experiencing being a tour guide and a wilderness guide all over the United States. And Candice has been working seasonally for over 15 years in a variety of jobs. So in this episode, we'll be diving into her work as a wilderness guide and tour guide. She has been a nomad since the age of eight. She's circled the globe twice, and she built out an 88 camper van with nearly all recycled parts. She is now a storyteller doing photography, videography, commercial drone work, and writing. She's sharing stories through the lens of a tour guide and helping others live more creative and purposeful lives. So without further ado, here's the episode. Candice, hi, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So just to kick us off, will you tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, I'm Candice. I've been working seasonally for over 15 years. Everything from wilderness guide, tour guide, driver guide, tour director. I was a personal trainer, a barista, cafe manager, Olympic weightlifting coach, a um, little bit of everything. Oh, portrait studio person. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I'm sure you're going to think of more like throughout the conversation. They'll just pop up and you can throw them in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's so many. Amazing. And so you had told me that you've been nomading since you were eight years old. So can we back up like way further and tell us about your family life and how this all started for you? Yeah. So my dad lives in Texas and my mom lives in Washington. And so I bounced between the two states, right? So I'd spend the school year with my mom, the summer and all breaks with my dad. So I lived out of a, I never really unpacked necessarily. And then <laughs> when I was 12 years old, I sent myself to New Zealand on a foreign exchange program. I was so into it. I was like Googling all of the like foreign exchange programs. How can I like go travel even as like a very young kid? Um, and like for Christmases and stuff, my parents would be like, what do you want for Christmas? And I'd be like, can we go camping? Can we go do something? Can we do this event? Can we go to this museum? And so like all of my life has always been about like experiences and not really about anything else. <laughs> That's incredible. And I'm just like dumbfounded over here. Cause when I was 12, like I couldn't even go to a doctor's appointment without my mom coming in with me. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. I did fundraise for like over a year and a half in order to be able to go. And there were like chaperones and everything. There was like a group of us. So like my middle school kind of put it on, which was amazing. 
So cool. And then I guess like everything's adding up. It's all making sense. But you also had a stable career at one point. Can you tell us about that? Yes, totally. So, you know, the American dream, like nine to five, white picket fence, la, 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 la. I was definitely like on that track. Um, I had a very stable boyfriend who we were talking marriage. We had a place together. I was in graduate school for physical therapy. And then I just realized it wasn't for me. Like I had broken up with my partner. I was still in grad school. I did a season um, working for a, a girls outdoor leadership development school, which was amazing. And while being on the trail for six months, I just had that realization of I can't go back to an office. Like I cannot be in a clinic. I cannot live in one place forever. Like to know that the next 40 years of my life was going to be mapped out in a clinic, massaging people's knees and then be like, did you do your exercises? No. Why does my knee still hurt? Massage it. No, get out of here. Or like, it's a miracle. I feel better. No, that's eight years of college. Get out of here. Like there was just a lot there that I was like, okay, I've lost all empathy. This is not the career for me. I need to get out. So I dropped everything, burnt my whole life to the ground, sold everything I owned, was living out of my Toyota Corolla, bouncing around the West Coast, just camping. And um, my best friend from undergraduate, she was like, hey, you should call my, at the time, her boyfriend's, it was my best friend's boyfriend's older sister. Um, And within 15 minutes of talking to her, she bought me a flight to Alaska and I had a job. I had a place to stay, everything. And then I had three days to get back to Washington, pack a bag and fly out to Alaska. Holy crap. Okay. There's a lot there. Like, and it's, it's so awesome. So first of all, back to your job. I think a lot of people feel that way in their jobs. They're like, this can't be it. This can't be what I signed up for for the rest of my life. But then there are people like you and me who take action at that. But there are other people who stay stuck. Like, what do you think is the difference between like what propelled you to actually take action and make a change? Some of it was out of my control, if I'm super honest. Um, I broke my foot while hiking and, and had to be medevaced. And that was like a big moment. And then going back to school and trying to heal this injury while in school and with everything else that was happening in life, like I just crumbled. And I I think looking at it now, I realize like how important that was to crumble because it wasn't courage that like made me leave. That wasn't it. And like, I wish that it was, I wish I had that self-awareness at that time to be like, this is not for me. I'm courageous, (laughs) but I wasn't like, I crumbled, I crumbled in every way. And I was like, Medica- self-medicating in like unhealthy ways and it was just time to leave you know mm-hmm. I wish that I could be like oh yeah it was a courageous move but it it wasn't um and I think for other people it's that self-awareness and weighing the pros and cons like how is staying helping you and are you able to be your best self by staying It's a great question. And like, I definitely resonate with that. I completely burnt out to a point where I'm like, I physically cannot see myself in this job another day. If I do, I'm going to lose my mind. But like, we don't have to get to that point in order to make a change. And that's like, what I like to talk about here, it doesn't have to go that far. 
yeah, that might propel you forward. But wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to deal with all the consequences of reaching that point and go for it in advance? I was actually having this conversation with somebody last night and how it's more than just like self-awareness. It's also like getting over the societally taught things of like, oh, you can't quit. Oh, this is like, you have to be X, Y, and Z. And especially as women, I think that we're taught to like push through longer than we should. We're taught to accommodate for so much in our lives. We're like taught to accommodate for, oh, just boys mature slower, this or that, you know, like it's, we're just always accommodating and oftentimes throwing ourselves under the bus for others. And I think that translates into our work and what we do and how we navigate ourselves and how we prioritize ourselves and how we practice self-care, which it's always going to be the bottom of the list. And like, it can't be that way forever. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And like, I'm happy that the narrative is starting to shift. People are starting to have these conversations, but it's important that we keep having these conversations and actually do some of these things and not just talk about it, but like implement it. Yeah, action steps. Exactly. So the other cool thing that you said, and like I have found in having conversations with people through this podcast is usually like when you end up making a decision, that is the right one. Things just fall into place and end up working out. So you end up in Alaska. Tell us more about it. Um. Wow. Yeah. Everything did fall into place like so flawlessly. And it it did feel like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Because as soon as I landed, it was the winter. So or the end of winter, it was like February. Land in this like beautiful small town. It's four blocks by 22 blocks, nestled in this mountain range, like right at the end of this huge fjord. It's a beautiful town named Skagway. And as soon as I landed, it was like that warm hug, you know? And then I got to my housing. So there were 19 other people living in this building. It was in a bus lot. There was only one other woman. Mind you, I wasn't given much instruction in that interview when I got the ticket and whatnot. So it was a 15-minute call. She bought all the things. And then we still talked for two hours. But never in that time was it like anything other than my guiding experience. And at that point, I had been a wilderness guide for eight years. And so it was like, yeah, guiding in Alaska sounds great. I got it. No problem. And I'm living in bus lot thinking, what am I doing here? Why are there buses everywhere? And she comes in and she goes, y'all are going to learn how to drive a bus. I straight up laughed in her face and I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh my God. But you but did? I, I did. I learned how to drive a bus. Those like big, fancy MCI motor coaches. Um, and those old Greyhound buses, that's what we were learning on. So like the 45, 50 foot passenger buses, 55 passengers, bathroom, et cetera. Those are huge. Yeah. I'm learning that in like the Alaskan winter. <laughs> oh my goodness. I guess like learn under the toughest conditions will make you the best possible driver. So there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which has actually served me super well because I did do a season working as a driver in Colorado. And because of my prior experience, like I was one of the few drivers that was constantly set out on blizzards. Like we'd have a blizzard and they'd be like, Candace, you go for it. I was like, but can I not? (laughs) This is so cool. Like, okay. So like you're talking seasonal work and now you're mentioning Alaska in the winter, Colorado in the winter. There are summer seasonal jobs too, right? 
And like, so have you gone from like season to season switching jobs or can you kind of walk us through what your previous years in seasonal work have looked like? Totally. Um, Most of the time I was doing seasonal work just in the summertime because I was going through college and whatnot. And then getting up to Alaska, actually, the training for the bus driver gig was in the winter, but I stayed through the summer. So I ended up working as a tour guide all summer. And then I went traveling and then I ended up back in Colorado for a winter. But since then, I would do my summers in Alaska. And then I would oftentimes I would just travel all winter long. And I was going to say that like after Colorado, after that first winter, then I stopped working in the winters, but I didn't. I did a traveling performer gig the following winter where I traveled around the U.S. talking to groups of anywhere from 50 to 300 um, at various like travel events and expos and whatnot, all about like how to travel to Alaska. But then after 2017, I stopped working in the winter and just retired. <laughs> I'm going to just travel and backpack all winter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the way to do it or a way to do it or like a really great option that you like earn during a part of the year and travel for the other part of the year. And so is it safe to say when you're working these seasonal jobs, like is housing often included? Are your expenses low? So you're able to save quite a bit of money? Yeah, oftentimes. Yes. In Alaska, housing was almost always included. There was only one season when it wasn't included. And that was, I was living out of Anchorage. And so what we ended up doing, because there were so many of us, and we were only in Anchorage for maybe two days a month. So we had a one bedroom that we split with 13 of us. And we just kept our whatever luggage we didn't have with us on the road, stayed in our one bedroom apartment. And uh Yeah, that was a wild summer. Our house ended up burning down while we were all on tour at one point. It was crazy. I ended up getting a call in Dawson City, which is like rural Yukon territory, pretty close to the Arctic Circle. And I get a call from like an old boss, like a very old boss. And they're like, um, the Anchorage police are trying to find you. I was like, what? So I call, figure it out. They're like, um, it looks like they're homeless people living in your car. So what happened was our house burnt down. A couple of my roommates were there. Everybody like that, whatever we could salvage was put in my car because I was the only one with the car. And then it was staying out, you know, by the house. Um, somebody must have broken into it walking by and stole a couple things out of it. And so they thought that like homeless people were living in it. I was like, no, just, just my roommates, my 13. <laughs> and their house did burn down. So technically. Yeah. But we were houseless. Um, <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Like you have the best stories and the best adventures. You've just mentioned like you've given talks on teaching people how to get jobs and stuff like that. So can you give us a piece of advice or two if somebody wants to get into seasonal work? What should they consider how to get started? Ooh, yeah. Um, Seasonal work takes a lot of self-reflection. I think that anytime you're going to go against the norm or anytime just in life, like self-reflection is key. Be really, really, really aware of what it is that you want and what it is that like your baseline. If you're not a cold weather person, picking working in Colorado for the winter is not going to be your best bet. You know, like being self-aware in those ways, like if you're not outdoorsy, Alaska might not be the place for you. Maybe find somewhere like down south with a nicer like setup, you know? 
Um, so being really self-aware about what it is that you want out of your experience, what climates do you like? What kind of work do you like? Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? Do you want to be a tour guide? Do you want to work luggage crew? Do you want it like comfortability with customer service? Because that's going to make a huge difference in what kind of jobs you're seeking out. Um, and then being able to communicate that in your cover letter is key. I can't tell you how many jobs I've gotten strictly because of my cover letter. So reading through the website of the company to figure out what it is that they're looking for and how you align and then amplify that. You're not lying. You're not, you know, anything like that. Just show that like you are what they need and you can provide value for them. Cause that's what it's all about, right? Like from their angle, they need somebody that's going to like be a quality employee and whatnot. Right. Um, but being very self-aware about how you <laughs> like, are you a people person? Great. Customer service. Great. Run with it. But if you're not, then like luggage crew, talk about all of your other like great skills regarding like organization or very detail oriented. You know, that self-awareness is really key with starting this. And then once you get the job, like seasonal work stuff, it's binge working essentially. And you kind of have to just give yourself to the job for X amount of months and just that is how it is. And so being self-aware to prevent burnout as you go and recognizing your needs and making sure that you're being taken care of is key. Awesome. So it seems like you really need to have the appropriate expectations up front just so that you're not hating your life once you get there because it's not easy. Also vetting companies before you go. So like as you're applying and whatnot, be sure to ask like very specific questions about housing, um, about wages. When are you getting paid? What are you getting paid for? What is your actual scope of work? Because sometimes you'll get to a job and they're like, they promise you the world. It's going to be such great housing and la la la. And then you get there and it's like a big warehouse full of bunk beds that's crumbling down. And you're like working 80 hours a week covered in dog poop and whatever. And it's like not safe working environment. Right. And so you're going to have to like suss through some of the BS if I'm super honest, like, cause they need people and some jobs just need warm bodies and they don't truly care about you. Um, so being able to figure that out as you go is very important. Good. And have you had an experience like that and how did you handle it? I haven't personally, I've actually gotten really lucky with all of my, I shouldn't say lucky because I vet all my mm -hmm. companies a lot. And a lot of the time, the beautiful thing about seasonal work is once you get into it and you create a little bit of a community, then everybody wants to help each other get jobs. And so almost all of my jobs have come from like recommendations from others to where they're like, Hey, I think you'd really love this company. You should apply. And so it's worked out really well in that way. But your first year is going to be pretty garbage, like almost always, like you're you're new to it. And my first year was rough. Um, we were promised the world. It was not given, of course. Um, but I, I know other companies that you show up and safety isn't isn't a priority. And so like you're a zip lining guide and safety, like nothing has been checked in years or you're a canoe guide and all of the engines fail, but like management doesn't care. Instead, they just fire everybody and hire a new team. So like I've seen a lot of that. And so safety, especially if you're going to be in a safety oriented job, like 
make sure that they're requiring certain safety checks from you. If you're doing a wilderness gui- guiding job or anything like outdoors related, make sure that they want a wilderness first aid certification from all of their employees at the bare minimum, bare, bare minimum. <laughs> uh, this is great advice. And are there any like particular questions that you always ask before getting into a role? Yeah, um, I always ask about what my the job expectations are for me. What is it that like I ask them to walk me through a day in the life for me, as well as a day in a week. So what are my days off? What what's prioritized? I also ask a lot about like how management does with feedback and how they give feedback. And how can we come to them with any obstacles that we may be facing? And how does that look like? And how I ask for examples too, like in the past, have you had X situation or when an employee has come to you with an issue, how do you address it? Walk me through like your most recent case. And sometimes they will, sometimes they'll very like diplomatically dodge the question. Housing is also key. You could tell a lot about a company based on how they house their employees. And that varies a lot by location. So researching that a little bit in advance is helpful. Like for me, living in Skagway, Alaska, like if the company is not providing housing for you, there's a good chance you're not going to find housing, mm. which that's that can be tough. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Awesome. And so if someone is brand new to seasonal work, where do you recommend they start searching for jobs? Ooh, there's so many great websites. Um, Vaga Jobs is a really great one. Actually, I have like a huge list. So you can send it to me. I'll link it in the show notes so people can access it easily. And if you want to talk about a couple, feel free. Perfect. Vaga Jobs is like one of my top ones. Um, if you're wanting to get into seasonal work, but you're like not sure you want to leave your current location, another option would be to go to like Flex jobs or even Indeed and look up seasonal jobs in X location. Because it's not always like tourism jobs. Like I know mostly tourism jobs. And so that's what I think of when I think of seasonal work. But that's not necessarily the case. Like there's seasonal construction work. There's seasonal storm, um, like disaster relief work. There's a huge variety. And so just going to like this quote unquote seasonal work jobs like bag of jobs and whatnot. There's more more available. Coolworks is a great website to get started. My only caveat with coolworks.com is that um, some of the companies that are on there, especially for Alaska, I know for a fact that you will not have a good time with those companies. Um, they are not great to their employees. They're not great safety-wise. Um, so be weary of that with I wish I could give more for that um that's very helpful (laughs) we've been warned (laughs) cool works great place to start dive a little deeper if you can perfect oh another great recommendation too sorry yeah go whenever you're finding a job and you find a company that you're like thinking about working for do a little bit of a stalker moment and like go on Facebook, look up past employees and reach out to them. And because a lot of them will say exactly how it was and like take everything with a grain of salt with all of this. Because some people like it's like that silly SNL skit um, Romano tours with Adam Sandler. He's like, 
If you're sad at home, you're going to be sad on vacation. It's the same. Like, it's the same for guests. It's the same for employees. If you're sad at home, like, you will probably be sad working a seasonal job. And so be aware that like, everybody creates their own experience. And so you can ask for input and some of it will be great and really helpful. And some of it you'll be like, we had vastly different experiences, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah. Totally. And I, that goes for everything, really. Like we can visit the same place, like just traveling and have vastly different experiences. So it's like, you never know, but also do your research. <laughs> ah, exactly. And, and so in the seasons that you are off and not working and traveling, where have you gone? Ooh, what so excited you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been around Southeast Asia quite a bit. Um, initially, my very first trip, I did the Hong Kong, Thailand, uh, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, all of that. And it was like my first solo trip. And so it was like a pretty big deal, right? Um, and then I've been to India, Myanmar, Malaysia. I've done a lot in Europe too, in Central America. Um, I was in Central America actually whenever the pandemic hit and like barely got out of Guatemala like three days or four days before they shut down all the airports and weren't allowing anybody in or out. I was like, oh, got out. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I love backpacking. It's been fun. It's like traveling with friends, traveling with couples and partners and solo. It's it's all wonderful. Yeah, it's my favorite part of working seasonally so you get yeah. to travel. <laughs> Exactly. It like you're traveling while you're working to an extent, and then you get to travel to other places when you're not working. So, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, it's the best. I love it. And like road tripping around, like, I've been to almost every state now. I'm missing Arkansas and Connecticut. Ah, those are my only two that I'm missing. I think. Um, but yeah, it's so wonderful. Like traveling and just living on the road is the best. <laughs> That's so cool. And then can you tell us a bit more about what you're up to now? Like, I know you have your van that you've converted and like your photography, your writing, all that good stuff. Tell us about what you're up to. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of freelancing. So freelance writing, photography, videography, drone footage, the whole gamut. Been living out of the van for the last, well, since I finished the conversion almost a year ago. Uh, I've been living in a, in that. It's been wonderful. I'm on a secret project right now that I cannot talk about. Um, but it's like a TV host videography gig where I'll be traveling around the U.S. Um, I think that's all I'm allowed to say. Okay. Um, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm in a hotel room right now. But I will be in the school bus later this afternoon, moving in. Oh, my gosh. So, so cool. it's happening. <laughs> Yeah, it's been amazing. I've been doing a lot of like local travel during the pandemic, and that's really spiraled into um, working with tourism boards and um, storytelling through photography, which has been amazing because it's it's tour guiding, but digital. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love all of this. I love your stories. I love your energy. So Candice, if people want to find you online and learn more about you, where can they find you and follow up on your secret project once the secret is out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be all over social media, of course. Um, I'm chasing period Candice at almost all social media channels, um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. My website is chasingcandice.com. That's where I post 
quite a lot of like my portfolio stuff that's still a little bit of a work in progress as far as the written work. Yeah, I'm on a, a bunch of podcasts, but Chasing Period Candace, that's where it's at, huh? Fantastic. <laughs> and I'm going to link it just in case anyone missed that. It'll be in the show notes. And so I know that we both believe travel is super possible, but what would you say to someone who does want to travel more, but they just feel like it's they can't, like they feel stuck in their situation. They don't know what to do next to get started. I think recognizing your obstacles is number one. And then figuring out how do you overcome those obstacles? Is finances the obstacle? Because then you could go to, like, there's tons of budget websites that you can put in exactly what your budget is, how much you make, how much you want to spend. And they'll break it down, like, where you can go travel. Or, like, Trek Hard is a great website for that. Or I want to say it's, like, the Nomad List or something where you can put in the location. And, yeah, it shares like the cost of living in that place as a digital nomad or whatever it is that you are. And it helps you like coordinate and plan for budget. Um, If you're waiting for friends to go with you, you'll wait forever. You just have to get rid of that thought. Like, cause it'll never happen. If you wait for others, just go for it. And like, even if you're scared, do it. You're going to be fine. Everything's okay. And you'll come out of it like a much like, a more deeply connected human. I love that. Thank you. I think that's the perfect note to end on. So Candice, thank you so much for being here and sharing all your wisdom and insight. Guys, go follow Candice on all of her platforms. And for everyone, I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.